0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sample Hour. This episode, I am joined by my good friend, Nathan Frazier. Uh, for you, those of you that don't know, Nathan is the host of The Nathan Fraser Show. He is also the owner and uh, managing member of PodcastBlastOff.com. So for any of you that wonder how my website is so great, and uh, how I host my podcast and use my podcast. If you check out podcastblastoff.com. dot com, that's where all that great info comes from. Um, so there's actually an affiliate in the show notes if you would like to start your own podcast. Nathan's actually pretty good at. Um, he's pretty good at taking some time out and asking you why you want to start a podcast and going through everything with you. So um, also, uh, Nathan is. He has a blog at freemarketsquad.com so you can read Nathan's thoughts and check out what he has to do. And he also does a great, he co-hosts a great podcast on copywriting with the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and it's called The Copywriter's Podcast. There's a link for that in the show notes as well. So um, anyways, I would like to, before we get started, talk about my affiliates so at naturesimagefarm.com they are currently they have meat birds for sale so we just worked up a bunch of cornish cross chickens so if you guys are in the columbus area um or you are in the ohio pennsylvania area or you want to come buy some chickens from greg some pastured poultry uh check out naturesimagefarm.com and try to purchase some chickens and they may still have uh, turkeys for sale so turkey deposits you might be able to put down um maybe not not really sure also this podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com slash sample hour um right now let's see the last book i read was intellectuals and in society by thomas soul um that's pretty interesting um there's plenty of good books you guys can choose from i highly recommend audible i i Use audible quite often I'm a big fan, so if you guys are interested in that uh you guys can actually um, you guys can actually check that out and uh get a free book for starting up an audible account um I was actually just recently reached out to by javin Bernakovich, and it was actually um uh, the it was actually back in September. So I've been pretty busy. So sorry, Javin. Um, so he, they currently now have a regenerative business mentorship program. So there's a link for that in the show notes as well. Um, I know that I worked with Javin previously. Um, and you guys, a lot of you have really appreciated, um, the podcast work that I did with Javin. Um, So if you guys are interested in checking out his business program, there's a link in the show notes for that as well. Uh, Newfarmsupply.com. Currently, if you go to newfarmsupply.com, you guys can save 10% off any purchase and get free shipping by using code word SAMPLE. So check out newfarmsupply.com. And last but not least, check out Profitable Urban Farming. So if you guys want to become a farmer like me, um, the resource that has really helped me the most was Curtis Stone's Urban Farming Course. I'm a big fan of it. Um, honestly, it's it's, it's it's a great reference. I mean, you don't want to take everything they say um, for, like, you want to, t- so you, you, you basically you need to make sure you could become your own farmer, um, if that makes sense. I mean, everyone's climate's going to be different. Um, everything and everything else like that. So, uh, but it's a great starting point. It's a great resource and it, and it honestly helps you get, get a business going and running quickly. So, um, and then finally, if you guys just want to contribute to the show, I have a lot of content. This, this episode was actually released previously on my Patreon and I, I'm quite a ways ahead on Patreon. I'm finally being a good Patreon provider or content creator. So if you want to become a patron at only a dollar a month, you guys can get access to a lot of shows. Um, before they even come out, I leave. So I actually left some information in, uh, this one, like me and Nathan were starting and Nathan just start kept cussing and I thought it was hilarious. So I left it in there. Sorry, Nathan. Um, so, so it's a more, sometimes it's a rougher cut episode, but what I try to do is just try to get it on there before Um, I post it, so a lot of times it will come out a few weeks before. Um, And there is some uh, Patreon-exclusive content there as well. So for only a dollar a month, guys, you guys can listen if you want to become a patron for more. I appreciate that as well. Um, If you do want to just donate via PayPal, uh, a listener actually tried and let me know that my PayPal is down because PayPal changed the way they did it. So there's an updated link in the show notes if you just want to give... To me at one time um and just contribute to the show. It helps me out a lot. um I do put in a lot of time into this, and um unfortunately, I can't put in as much time as I would like to because it doesn't pay me as much as the farm does so um with that being said, guys, uh oh, and lastly, if you want to just donate via Bitcoin or Litecoin or anything like that, I'll be more than happy to give the links on my wallet. So that being said, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I look forward to bringing you another episode later on this week. Thank you guys so much and make it a great day. This is Nathan Fraser. I used to back in the day, I used to be a big fan of Nathan's before we became friends. Because when you become friends, you can't still be a fan, because then it's just weird. Now it's like a now it's just like I really respect Nathan as a as a man and friend. Um but uh Nathan originally to give people some backstory, Nathan helped me realize that I wasn't a Ron Paul libertarian that I was actually a little bit more extreme. Um, and Nathan was the first person to introduce me to the fact that Ron Paul was a, a statist, even though I don't like to name call these days and, uh, used to do, used to go to court and he used to go and battle judges and challenge jurisdiction and, and get cases thrown out. And, I first heard Nathan on red ice radio before it turned into this fucking <laughs> white is right podcast. And, uh, and I think cause it happened like, I think six months after you were on too, actually it might've been about a year. He started like slowly get more racial and then it just was like, then it got to the point of ridiculous. And, uh, but then Nathan got sick of it and, and you and I had connected and then we, I had you on a second time, like a year later. And we became like, we we were both, I, I was just like, you know, I want to talk to him just about entrepreneurial shit because it seems like from listening to your show, you're into that. And then you started podcast blast off, which everyone should know what that is, since that's the service they listen to this podcast through. And then you got really into sales copy and marketing. And it's like just kind of a big, like, uh, it's, it's just interesting, like as we grow up. Like you used to be a, a a rapper and you used to didn't you at one point have music for Alex Jones? I think played on uh, Alex Jones's thing.
1: Yeah, we did have some songs that played on Alex Jones's show.
0: Yeah, well it's just fun to talk about, man. I know you you probably tried to distance it, but it's just <laughs> funny. I think I'd rather hear like the journey of the human, you know, like we all have different interests, we all go down different paths, and then we decide, well, this is where I'm happy now. And now you Like you just kind of grown and it's like since, I mean, we've been friends for years now and like just watching all the, all the ways you've grown in in business. And, um, you know, now you, now you, you know, you're, you're pretty much, you could pretty much quit your job, but you haven't yet just because you really don't hate it that much. But now you just show up two days a week and kind of leave whenever you want and stuff like that. So it's like, I, I think it's just like you, The point is you've, you've managed to create a lot more freedom in your life, not by being an activist, but by actually doing things and learning skills in business, right? Yeah. I think through that whole
1: journey, whether it was uh, making rap songs about conspiracy theories or going into the courtrooms and challenging jurisdiction and, and getting court cases thrown out. Uh, all the way up to now where I own two of my own businesses and make a a decent income to where I'm not reliant on an employer. Um, all of them have been pretty much, it's always been kind of like that search for freedom and trying to figure out different ways to live a more free life in an increasingly unfree world. And uh, yeah, it's always been kind of the same theme, just different approaches trying to get to the same goal.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's great, man. And in, in the, I kind of went down that rabbit hole, just talking, giving you a backstory and then I'm like, Oh man, you know, I want to ask Nathan all these questions, but the real reason why I wanted you to have you on is because, um, you know, man, it, there's a lot of things you've taught me about in this whole world of sales that I didn't know about with sales copy and marketing. And as like a small scale farmer, like, we have these plans in place for me to start executing, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm there yet because it's hard to, I don't feel very strong with as strong with my network as I could be. And it's like, I I need to get some productions down, but we have like, you and I have talked extensively about plans, but I want to talk about, I think just farmers or even just small uh, home-based business owners, I think is even a good, a good way to say it too about their lack of marketing and how I could really benefit them. And and uh, as a if I was a good podcast host, I would have sent you like an outline of ideas that I wanted to cover. Um, <laughs> but I'm a shitty podcast host and you're one of my best friends. So I figured we could just shoot the shit and, and cover it. But um, yeah, I mean, one thing, because now you consult with companies and I, I've heard you talk about, you know, you, you did a good podcast with our good friend Kevin Geary about, you know, the six figure grind. And, but you, you did a great podcast about sales copy and then you do the, the copywriters podcast now with David Garfinkel. Um, and so what, like, what are small business owners really missing? Like, what are people really missing uh, ways that they could increase their business just by, just by doing a little bit of a different marketing approach or, or, or anything like that?
1: Well, I think maybe. Maybe that's jumping too far ahead. Probably is. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that I think that one thing is, especially because you mentioned like small scale farming, and that's kind of what you're into. And uh, I'm assuming a lot of people in your audience are into it. And that kind of goes along with what I was talking about earlier, which is that that drive for independence, that drive for freedom. Uh, a lot of people get into growing their own food because they don't want to be reliant on. Food sources that they can't trust, uh, or they want to be reliant. They don't want to be reliant on supermarkets. They want to be able to say, "Hey, I grew this food," or "Hey, I bought this food from a. I know the guy that grew that grew this food, or I know the guy that raised this cattle." Uh, so I think that there is a lot of overlap um, between that, and because of that, I've noticed that a lot of people that do start their own businesses that that try to. Um, maybe take a side hustle and turn it into their full-time hustle it's very much the same thing it's the i don't want to be dependent on my employer i've got this skill set i want to make money off of it myself rather than use my skills to make other people money uh, or make my boss rich um so i think that there is a lot of overlap there i think that business ownership uh wanting to grow your own food wanting to be a, a farmer um wanting to wanting to be free in general i think that there's a huge overlap there the biggest problem though is that when most people go into business it's to it's basically saying i am really good at this i want to start my own business and instead of wanting to be a business person they instead of wanting to own a business they want to own a job so they want to they want to be self employed but they still want to do the work and there's that's completely admirable i i you know, I, I love doing what I do because I get to do the work I like to do. Um, but a lot of times we get into, we start a business or we start a venture and we kind of fall for that old saying from from a field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. And that's just not true. It, it, uh, a big misconception in, in the ideals of, of uh, free market capitalism is that The best product will win out, and rarely that's the case. It's usually the best marketed product that wins out. So if you start your own business, if you start your own farm, if you start your own venture trying to sell whatever wares or whatever goods or whatever service that you can provide to people, uh, just being skilled in that particular uh, area, whether it's growing food or, or plumbing or fixing roofs or... Doing marketing consulting whatever the situation may be just being good at that particular skill isn't enough you also have to know how to market that you have to know how to let people know that you can do that how to build relationships with people how to let people know that you're the one that they should go to and those are skills that most people that set off on their own venture never even take a second thought to uh to examine and try and figure out. And that's why, in my opinion, that's why 99% of small businesses fail in this country.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think like I had a, there were certain things I think just from my own journey is is you're very familiar with it. Um, I know for me, like I I was a sales guy, like I was a sales guy who always knew how to sell, but didn't necessarily know, always knew I wanted to own a business. and didn't necessarily know, what kind of business, what, what did I want to do? How, how would I do it? And, um, and I think my biggest hurdle and I think, you know, a lot of stuff you're, uh, referencing is I still actually haven't even read the book, but just from having conversations with you and Kevin and other people, but the E myth covers a lot of what you just said, right? Like it's, you know, the example is the baker. So the person is really good at baking pies and she thinks that she has the best pies, people will come, but she, she like doesn't take into account, other aspects of running a business, correct?
1: Yeah, because really, business ownership, it's not just about baking the pie. It's about writing schedules. It's about doing payroll. It's about uh, figuring out what days you're going to be open, what days you're going to be closed, figuring out what your customers are going to want, when your customers are going to want you to be there. Um, and, and really, it it can go to the point where a lot of people find when they start their own business, they find that the business ends up owning them. And uh, there's kind of like an inside joke in the entrepreneurial world that entrepreneurs are the only people that'll work 80 hours a week in order to avoid a 40 hour a week job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny, man. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty true. But uh, yeah, and uh, so I 100% agree. And I think, you know, personally last year as you knew my, you know, my first year, you knew I was bashing my head against the wall a few times. And, um, you know, something that was brought up on uh, one of our calls was that uh, Kevin had pointed out to me that, you know, Drew, you have the opposite problem of a lot of entrepreneurs like you or business owners is you, you're really good at sales, but like the, the, the production or the shit you don't want to do. You just don't do it, so you need to find a way to get somebody else to do it, and um, and I think it was too. Like I, I I like to work with people, and I think so. Like I'd kind of arranged, you know. So I I I'd have I had that opportunity, kind of fall in my lap with with my now you know contractor roommate Rich, and now like Rich is really good with plant like plant propagation and all the stuff that I was okay at. And, but it wasn't necessarily like my favorite thing. My favorite thing was actually getting money, like collecting money and <laughs> selling stuff. Like that's, that's what I like to do. Like, cause I've been in sales for so long or, and you know, there's certain aspects of sales I don't like to do, but I like to network and and collect money. And and I I don't mind packaging stuff because it's like, that's, that's like, a, you know, working in retail as long as I did. So that like the things a lot of people that are traditionally farmers what they hate to do i actually like to do and there's like so there's like in the so it's it's just interesting i think you, you know so i had to find some creative ways to make things work um and not to just like talk about me but i think there i, I feel like for a lot of business owners there's different things that, that people are ignoring i mean like one thing too um i was didn't i was super overwhelmed with you know uh, bookkeeping and other stuff like that so in the winter time i it was something that I, I didn't really, it wasn't before. It's was like, okay, so I am, it's not that I hate doing this, like the back end books or, um, but it's mainly, I just haven't had the time to learn it. So then I took the time to learn it and I took, you know, I, I got a couple different versions of QuickBooks and then I started implementing, you know, profit first. And, um, so it, you know, I think that there's, you have to have systems in place for every aspect of your business. And I think that's just, it's really easy to overlook. Um, and I think it's and it's something that you and I both are still trying to figure out. And uh, but, you know, the big thing for me still is, you know, like I I really am interested in getting better at email marketing or email sales copy. I mean, especially after listening to you and David talking about, um, you know, some some concepts like the big idea. Which I'd never even heard of. And then once you guys talked about it, it made perfect sense. Um, or or just other aspects of marketing. I, I think branding. I think, you know, one thing that I, I did right away was I wanted to create like have a good, clean looking logo or something that would like kind of encompass what I was all about. So you you helped me out with that. And uh then we then I had other people help us get to where we wanted to be. So and it's and I don't think a, a logo is necessarily important, but I think, you know, you want to come off as I I think there's like certain things you want to come off as professional with. And I, it's, it's, I don't have it all figured out, but I feel like there, I think you, you kind of have to master what, well, number one, you have to master what's going to help you pay the bills first. And then you have to kind of, to me, get like a rough idea of everything first. And, but I, I, I think it's, and then slowly you want to teach yourself and get everything ironed out and i think i think one time i think a lot of times marketing is is or how you market yourself is something that people always kind of ignore and i think it's something that people i mean i, I even look at large corporations and it's something i hear you talk about quite a bit is they, they don't even know what they're doing like McDonald's or any big company. They don't know what they're doing and they don't know how effective it is. And if you, if you look at emails that you get from them, it's, it's, it's really just kind of boring. And it's usually just something that goes that I delete right away or just shows up in my promotions tab in Gmail. And I, if it, if, if there's nothing that catches me, it just goes in the trash can versus like uh you know, something that, if I get something from you, I automatically want to read it because I'm intrigued. I'll look at the subject line. And I'm like, oh, let me let me check this out. What is he talking about? So and uh, I I think I'm making myself clear, Nathan. I think I was, I was I think I'm setting it up. So we're not jumping ahead. Would you say <laughs> <I> am? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's lots of aspects of running a business. And I think you're naturally going to be good at different things. But I, I, you know, ultimately, if you can't pay your bills, it it doesn't matter how good. I think in farming, it doesn't matter how good your produce looks. It doesn't matter, um, you know, how how good you are at growing it. You know, how quick you can turn turn it around. If, if you don't have a place to sell it, if you don't if and if you don't know how to get get in the minds of other people to think that oh, this guy, I like these people because they they grow. Products the way I want. I want to eat them, or they. You know what I mean? Because I feel like food is becoming. Man, it's kind of weird. I'd hate to say it's becoming a new identity politic, but you know, there's. (laughs) But in a way, it 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 kind of is. And I don't. And I don't know if it's a bad thing. I think people should give a shit about their food, but who knows? I mean, there's definitely social justice and stuff that gets caught up in food. But anyways, you were gonna say something.
1: Um, I was I was just gonna say typically. Most uh, most businesses, whether it's trying to sell stuff at a, uh, a, a farmers market, farmers market, yeah, or whether it's trying to break into Walmart and sell your goods there, whatever the case may be, um, you you really do. One of the biggest mistakes that I see business owners make is not really. Being all all focused on how awesome their service is, how awesome their microgreens are, how awesome their their farming process is, uh, how awesome their whatever it is that they're selling is, and not really being in touch with the people that are buying it. And again, it goes back to what you were saying. We all specialize in one thing and we... Maybe don't feel comfortable trying to do the other things. You kind of had the opposite problem that most business owners have because most business owners they're all about trying to create a quality product, create a quality service, but they see sales as kind of like the slimy necessary evil. But they don't want to do it because they don't want to be the sleazy salesman. They want to be uh, the the honorable producer. Um, and so marketing is kind of like that. Sales and marketing is kind of like that icky area that we would rather just kind of pretend doesn't have to exist. But like you said, if if you have a business and you haven't figured out a way to create and generate sales, then you basically have an expensive hobby. You don't really have a business. Without money coming in, without the sales process, uh, there there's no gasoline for the engine. So. Um, a lot of business owners try to avoid figuring out I mean they they spend time making business cards they spend time making logos, they spend time uh, trying to make different uh, you know should we get an office? should we get a website? And realistically the very first thing that you should do when whenever you're st- starting up any kind of business venture is before you figure out what the website should look like before you figure out what the Business cards should look like before you figure out whether you should wear a suit and tie or whether you should wear overalls when you make your sales presentation. The very first thing that you should try and figure out is who are we selling to and how are we going to sell it to them. And that is uh, it's it's an area that most people they don't they either don't understand it so they don't approach it or they've got negative feelings about it. They they see all salesmen as as uh, as like Enron investors that are going to take your money and and the greedy capitalist Uncle Scrooge from Ducktales. Um, that's so they a, that's don't. a
0: great show, by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> they don't want they don't want to come off looking like that. So they just avoid learning how to sell altogether, or or maybe they just don't understand how important sales is to the whole process. You, fortunately, you came from sales before you ventured off into business ownership and, and trying to start your own um, local food, uh, whatever. co-op or whatever, yeah, whatever, I have. whatever, yeah, whatever it is that you're doing, um, <laughs> but most people don't have that background. And uh, that's kind of what I do is when I go into businesses, I look at all the, all the different aspects. For every business, it's different. But I kind of go into businesses and I look at where they might have uh, leaks in their bucket, and I help them. I, I help them uh, cover up those leaks so that they're not hemorrhaging out money. And basically, you kind of mentioned the things that most people do wrong in advertising is is uh, it's it's all about the product, it's all about the service, and it's not about connecting with the buyer and. You have to really, that's the one thing about, about business ownership is that it teaches you empathy. It teaches you that you need to put your buyer's needs first. You need to put the wants and desires of the people that you're serving before your own. It's not about, look how awesome I am. Look how awesome my service is. Look how awesome my microgreens are. And, and it goes back to what you were saying about the identity politics Your buyers do have an identity. More often than not, when somebody buys something, it's because they're trying to tell the world something about themselves. I buy healthy food because I want to tell the world that I value my health. I buy uh, whatever type of clothing I buy because I want the world to look at me and be able to tell what I want them to believe about me. When When we make purchasing decisions, it's more often than not about a statement we want to make. And so, yeah, identity politics does kind of come into it because they have an identity. They're trying to make a statement with, with what they buy. And if you're selling something to them, you need to know what that identity, what that statement is. And you need to let them know that if they do make that purchase, yes, they are confirming that about themselves. When they buy local microgreens from Drew Sample, they are telling the world that that good honest, locally grown food is more important to them than convenience is. And if you don't understand that that's why they're buying, if you don't understand that they put health over convenience, that they put uh, pride in their local economy over, um, over just buying something off the supermarket shelf and throwing it in their cart and not giving it a second thought. If you don't understand what their motives are, what their values are, who their villains are, um, you're not going to be able to connect with them and there's not going to be any reason for them to buy from you over the guy with the stand right next to you at the local farmers market or over just going down to their local Kroger or King Super's or whatever grocery store you have and just buying the mass produced garbage and throwing that in their cart instead of buying from you
0: yeah i, I 100% agree and it's um i was thinking while you're talking like I, I think the interesting thing is right now is Um, as you know, I've just been trying to figure out how to get revenue and there's, there's a few different ways I've been doing it. Like definitely selling to restaurants and then farmers markets and farmers markets are going to be stopping, but it's, it's, it's a completely different approach between the two. And I think, you know, the eventual plan is what you and I've discussed a lot is, you know, getting the aggregator and selling direct to the, the consumer. Um, I think is like an ultimate thing and and starting with having it. So people will pre-order stuff and then pick it up at the farmer's markets, which, and I'm, and I'm sharing this because I think it's a great strategy for, for definitely that I know people that listen or people that I know have started doing what, what they're doing or doing what I'm doing because I was doing it. And I think that, so I want to share that stuff with my listeners because I feel like, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be doing any of this shit. So it's like I, I think about what my life was like before I started talking into a microphone and trying to talk to people from all over the the country. Um, and I think you know a great a great strategy is to 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 in um, something that we can. And I if you're okay to talk about this, what what my strategy is, I just kind of came to me, Nathan. Are you down to to, to discuss my strategy? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And because like, I know from what I have here is I have the Ohio GSD community and, and I've, and when you, when I brought you out here, um, with, uh, my right, right when I got laid off, um, I took you to different, different spots of land and you met a lot of my, you didn't meet all my, um, you met a lot of my groups of friends. I got so many out here, but, um, you know, I took you out to Joel's and then I took you to, I think, did we go to Cody's and look at that land too? I'm trying to think. We, I took you to a lot of spots, but but basically, you know, I know people that that produce high quality eggs, the highest quality pork, grass-fed beef, bison. and it's like, you know I, I know all these people that can produce these things, and if I can help them, I can really help my customer because people at the farmers' market want to get as much as they can and not go to a grocery store because they really are voting with their dollars when they go to a farmer's market they just like what you said they do take pride in and uh supporting local agriculture and you know and it was really cool i had a lady ask me if if you know she knew enough to be dangerous with what she was looking for and she asked me a question i go yeah everything is soil grown which kind of blew her mind because i don't think she'd ever looked at it that way and then everything is soil grown and i don't use any chemicals so it's all it's all grown naturally in soil and i think that's that's something that people want to are looking for and it's it's like and because also too like the term organic is getting a bad connotation especially if you go to a grocery store you get something or, organic and it's coming from another country i mean those standards aren't going to be the same police food police that we have here and then even then our our standards i mean you, you could get lost in the weeds if we if you really go down that rabbit hole so i think you know finding a person whose farm you can can visit is great. And then if they can come visit you and they trust you and, you know, other people that are producing good stuff too, they're going to trust your decisions when you're helping other people. So that's my whole thought. So if I can get, if I can avoid, you know, red tape of, you know, having to, to apparently if I want to sell eggs, Nathan, I have to follow the same standards and get inspected like a large scale egg operation does we're not we're regulated the exact same way which is kind of ridiculous um so it was just one of those things that okay so how can we how can we go around this and stay within this it within the uh stay within the realm of not getting harassed by the government so uh, nathan i talked to nathan I, i i i've bothered nathan about trying to figure out my business for probably at least eight hours of his of time in his life and uh but I, you know, so ultimately what you came up with was, you know, instead of me paying you money to build me this website and invest in, um, owning a store and everything, I needed to really get a customer base first. And so the way to do that, the easy way to do that was the farmer's market. Like if you're in a couple farmer's markets, which I am, it's easy to, when I have business cards, I've already gotten emails and people are like, well, what else do you have? And I have it, I think I have like two or four people on the list that aren't my friends um, that just signed up to just make sure it was working and everything. So the ultimate plan is that, and I, and I see people do it, is, you know, before your farmer's markets, like I, you have your fresh sheet that you're taking to restaurants. So I'm going to have everything available that I can take and sell at that farmer's market and plus stuff. I'm not necessarily going to sell at the market, but I could still accept money from people, have it pre-bagged so they can just come pick it up, hand me money and then they can leave. So I think ultimately you you want to bring a convenience to to customers that are, want as as a consumer they want to vote with their dollars at a farmers market. They want to they want to let the world know that they support local agriculture. But instead of having to have so instead of them having to hunt through a bunch of booths, if you can build that customer, if you can have that relationship with them and say, look, you can get everything of this stuff from me. And even if, let's say, they still know other booths they want to go to, they'll buy as much as they can from you. And I think, you know, and that's that's been the same case for me with restaurants. It's been the same case in other sales. Because it's it's all about forming that relationship and that connection. Because they're not necessarily just investing in your microgreens—they're investing is in you as a business. Um, am I making myself clear, Nathan? I—I I, I didn't mean to have you on and then just talk about me. <laughs> but I think it's kind—I think it's important because this is something that I mean, like you and I. I mean, me being as successful as I've been this season has a lot to do with our conversations. So um, that's why I wanted to just kind of put all that out there.
1: Yeah. So you—you you touched on a bunch of different issues, and I kind of—I want to go back and unpack each one of them. Um, First of all, you're right. It is about a statement that they want to make about themselves. It, they, they, people that buy at farmers markets buy there for reasons that don't mean very much to people that just go to the supermarket. Um, and so you, you need to be in touch with that. You need to understand why they're buying, what they're buying, um, what, the, what they're trying to say about themselves when they're buying there, uh, what their values are. But also you do need to make it convenient for them because we want stuff to be easy. We want stuff to be uh, just the way that we are. We've got so many things going on. We got to pick up the kids from soccer practice. We got to make sure that uh, the the taxes are paid. We got to make sure that the lawn gets mowed. We have so many things going on in our mind that all the extra stuff that we don't have to do. I mean, the reason why most people just go to the grocery store is because they don't want to have to make the hard decisions of trying to figure out where should they buy their eggs from, where should they buy their lettuce from. If they can just go to one place and get it all done, a lot of people will choose that. So making stuff easy for people is definitely important. In Podcast Blast Off, that's the biggest selling point. That's the reason why most of our customers go with us is we make it really easy to get your podcast out there and to have a website built for your podcast. And you don't have to worry about any of that stuff like you would with a bunch of the other services out there. So convenience, I mean, same thing with why, why so many business owners hire me to write their sales letters and to fix their marketing form is because it's, it's difficult. You've got, if you're a business owner, you've got scheduling conflicts, you've got, you know, night, night crew doesn't get along with day crew, uh, you've got regulations to worry about. You've got inventory to worry about. You've got the books to worry about. And if somebody comes in and says, hey, let me take over your marketing. I can set something up for you. Let me take over the sales letter. You don't have to worry about all this stuff. We'll just have a consultation. We'll sit down and get the messaging correct. And I'll go ahead and write this for you. I'll you know, present everything in a pretty little package. All you have to do is push send. Um, that's that's very appealing to people. So what you're doing now with your... with Or what you're trying to build now with your business is um, adding that convenience in now. Letting people know, hey, we're going to be at this particular market. We're going to be here on this day. This is what we're going to have available. Uh, letting them know in advance so it's not like a mystery. They're not having to walk into a dark room. They're not having to drive all the way down to the farmer's market. Just Hoping that you're going to have what they want. Now they know exactly what you're going to have. All of that stuff is very important. It helps build trust with you. It helps build. It 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 provides a platform for you to be viewed as an authority, as a as a trusted advisor. Um, All of those things are about. Those are the things that most people that are trying to sell something, they just completely neglect that. They don't understand how important all the little nuances are. Are you viewed as somebody who's just trying to push a product on somebody? Or are you viewed as somebody who's trying to educate their customers so that they can make an educated buying decision? Are you there as somebody who's trying to help people improve their lives? Or are you there as somebody who's just trying to make an extra buck off of gullible people? Um, these are all things that as a business owner, you have to take into consideration. It's not just about um, I grow the best microgreens. It's also about how how do i make my lives or make the lives of the people that buy from me better how do they view me as opposed to how do they view the guy next to me um so a lot of these things that you're trying to implement now into your business are the things that most people and i'm assuming most farmers out there probably never even consider so uh it's
0: yeah <sighs> yeah i agree and it's it's even i mean and i think too it's 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 getting to a point to where there, I know there's definitely things that, man, and I think too, it's, it's also important to not try to do everything at once. And I know I've gotten myself into trouble with that all the time. You get yourself into trouble with that. I know when you're still building podcast, uh, blast off, you weren't a hundred percent done, but man, you were super into sales cop, you know, to say, yo man, I think you need to focus on podcast blast off because once you get that going, you could do as much sales copy as you want and then it will probably help and you're like yeah man you're right i just really am passionate about this right now and then you it was just like a little bit of patience that a little bit of like self restraint and then i remember like now it's like they're both they're both firing both businesses are firing right and i think um and i think the same for me is like you know this year I went into the business thinking like, oh, I'm just going to sell to restaurants. I'm not going to go to the farmer's market. I don't want to deal with consumers. I've dealt with consumers so long. And then when I went and helped Joel, when he went out of town, I worked his farmer's markets for him and I forgot how much I really did enjoy it. And I think there was like this, uh, there's this disconnect because it was, you know, after getting out of corporate America, whenever I get out, I'm like, man, I don't want to sell as much and I don't want to do that. and and then it's just kind of like, well, well, this is who I am. So this is what I need to do. And, and then for, for even that for right now, like one of my biggest struggles is some t- with my production, like timing it because I'm working with nature. So I don't, I don't necessarily always have as much stuff as I need. And then there's times where I have too much stuff and it's like, how where were these customers last week or where is that? So I think, you know, you're, you're going to have inconsistencies. You're going to have You're going to have hiccups. You're going to have waste. You're not going to be able to run as lean as you can. But at the same time, you need to start taking notes and you need to write down or or I need to take mental notes about, okay, I always need to have these business cards here. If I really want to build this, I need to have this. And And it's, you know, you do have to focus on a bunch of things at the same time. But I think at the same time, it's like, okay, so I got bookkeeping down. I got sales down. I have, I'm growing a customer base. I can make money going at these farmers markets. But I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what what are my 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 stable crops that I'm going to focus on, and how do I integrate other people's stuff in? But those questions they're they're going to be answered, and I think it's just knowing that it's gonna it takes patience to build a good business, and it's gonna take patience for people to really learn these skills and marketing and sales. Um, and I think it's you know you're not going to be good at it overnight, but you're not going to ever be good at it if you don't keep keep at it. If if I'm making myself clear, yeah. And the other
1: thing that really does people in is, like you were saying, trying to take on too many things at once or trying to take on too many market shares at once. Um, I kind of like you mentioned when I was first starting out doing sales copy, and I was still trying to get podcast blast off off the ground, but. So here here's here's the flaw. I I was making more money writing sales copy for people and I still make more money writing sales copy for people than I do off of podcast blast off. But I just like most business people, just like most entrepreneurs, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Once you start getting good at certain things, then other opportunities start showing up and I mean, I can't tell you, probably three or four times a week, I get people coming to me and being like, hey, would you would you be interested in helping me start up this business? And I have to tell people no. And uh, great ideas come to me and I'm like, oh, that would be a great business idea. I could totally make that work. But every single time that I, if I go chasing off the, uh, uh, after the newest bright, shiny object, that means the thing that I've been putting work into is now going to be neglected. So a lot of times as as business owners, I'm assuming it's probably the same with farmers. And I know that speaking with you, you've dealt with this as well. We've got this board and we've got this nail and we've got this hammer and we've got 18 swings of the hammer to make an impact. And we can swing at the the nail twice and it only goes in a, a centimeter. And it's really tempting to say, well, maybe if I try this other spot of the board and I, and I swing there, maybe maybe I'll have better luck there. And so we, we, we sacrifice one of those 18 swings to go try it over here. And that doesn't work either. And so we're like, okay, well, maybe if I place the nail over here, maybe this spot of the wood is a little bit softer. And we swing again there. And now we've used up six of the 18 swings and we're like, oh, that didn't work. So we go back to the first one and we try to swing there again and, and we don't get the impact because we've wasted four of our swings on other spots rather than if we just held the nail in one spot and we just swung 18 times in that one spot, that nail will go all the way through. As business owners, a lot of times we're, we're distracted. We say, well, maybe I should sell to these guys or maybe I should sell... To these guys over here, maybe my target market is this particular demographic. Oh, well, that's not working very well. I've tried it for a week; I didn't get the results. Maybe I should try selling to these people instead. Or um, I tried building this business, and it didn't. I, I wasn't a millionaire in six months like the internet promised me I would be. And so maybe I should try this business over here. And that's what we're doing: is we're we're pounding the nail a couple times here, and then that that doesn't go all the way through, so we move it to this other part of the board. And the, the fact of the matter is we've got one life. We've got a, a limited amount of energy. We've got a limited amount of time. And we're going to do a lot better if we say, look, I'm sticking to this one spot on the board and all 18 of my swings are going right here. Um, but as a creative person, as a driven person, it's so hard to, to keep that focus on that one, asp- or on that one um, particular part of the board to nail down that a lot of times people get to the end of their entrepreneurial career and they've swung at 18 different spots and they didn't make an impact on any particular area.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. It's, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to, I mean, it's, it's easy to get bored, but you're not really getting bored. It's like, I need to, I need to alleviate some frustration. And instead of like, I mean I get walking away from it and going back but it's it's just uh it's just easy to do because it's like well I don't I'm not as excited about this anymore so I'm going to focus on that and then it's like but you you don't know that just on the other side of getting through that non excitement you could be you hammering in that nail a couple more times you could actually hit that step up in business that you've been looking for and I think it's it's like the you know it's it's you need to be prepared to do your business when it's fun and even when it's not and and I'm the first to say, i mean like i mean man like i I take i mean I could go to corporate America and make a lot more money than I make now that's not that would also be a huge withdrawal out of my emotional bank account that'd also be like a huge withdrawal out of um I feel like my humanity and like how like where i've where I've come in the last five years and where I'm at. And so it's, so that's something that I always try to keep in my mind. It's like that, uh, there's something Jake that Scylla said about me. It's like the fear, you have to figure out things that are going to, to keep you focused. And one thing for Jake was always the fear of having to, to work for somebody else was like the, or the fear or the fear of failing was like the biggest thing that drove him. And now he's like, you know, I mean, anybody that doesn't check out Jake, me and Nathan are friends with Jake, but like, got a great podcast voluntary life and he i had him on the show and he he dictates his own, his own time because he he spent you know 12 to 15 years working on one thing getting good at it and selling it so i think it's you know I, I think it's if you know sometimes you you do need to know when to call it quits but a lot of other times it's like well you don't necessarily need to call it quits it's like a lot of people say well it didn't work it's like well maybe you didn't really work it, if that if 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 I'm making myself clear.
1: Yeah, and I think the number one thing is a lot of times man, but going back to the convenience and, and everybody wanting things to be so easy, we live in this like microwave popcorn society where we expect to be able to close a door, hit a couple buttons, let the system take care of itself. And as soon as it beeps, we pull it out and we've got a hot meal already prepared for us. Um, that's it's just in a lot of aspects of life, it is the reality, but when it comes to building a business, it's not and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of of uh, of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work and really the the main thing is in my opinion, when it's time to call it quits is. If you've tested something and, it, and there's, there's no evidence that there's a market for it, you're either too far ahead of the curve that the market hasn't caught up or you're too far behind. It was a trend and last year it was popular and this year it's not popular. Um, if there's absolutely no market for it, then yeah, you should probably give up. But a lot of times, and I've worked with businesses where they've been in business for three years And they just were not making any sales or they've been in business for a year and a half and they just weren't making any sales. But it was just because they didn't have the right systems in place and they had a great product, they had a great service, but they didn't have a way to connect with their market. They didn't have a way to reach out. They didn't have a way to build relationships with the people that they were trying to sell to. They didn't have a clear idea of the people that they were trying to sell to. And you just do a couple of tweaks. You build a lead generation system. You build a, a follow-up system for them. You put some consell- or compelling sales copy onto their messaging and immediately it can turn around. So a lot of times people build up these bi- these businesses. They, they build a great office. They buy up all the different um, hardware and software that they're going to need. They they get the office furniture. They put the paintings up. They um they get awesome business cards and they build a super fancy, expensive website. But they don't understand the basics of marketing, and so they they go out of business. And uh, same thing, I'm assuming for farmers. They put all this work into building a, a you know a, a big plot of land and. Growing all these greens, but then they don't think about how am I actually going to sell this, and then they say, "Well, farming wasn't for me, I guess."
0: Yeah, I think I think one thing with a lot of farmers is that most people that farm are really into plants, so they'll grow like they'll want to grow rare vegetables, they'll want to do all these things, and which I I think you can do. I think it's, but it's instead of in phase zero, if you're trying to market kohlrabi. You want to do that at like phase three, when you already have consistent crops that people are buying from you, like that you have your bread and butter crops. Like right now for me, it's salad mix at the farmer's market and then, you know, spicy microgreens, um, and pea shoots, but mainly the spicy microgreens. So, you know, the, the, at the farmer's market, you know, it's, it's every, I mean, people, it's kind of tougher early on in the season where other people had greens, but now nobody has greens. So I have people that come specifically to the farmer's market just to get greens. And man, are they sad when I have to tell them that nature didn't wasn't really ready to let me have greens for them this week? Like, well, it got colder, so the greens are growing a lot slower. So there's an education process. And like, yeah, it sucks that I can't that I don't have everybody's emails. And that's like, and that's like a problem that it's like, man, like, how do I not lose that customer? How do I not have that customer be disappointed? And that's, that's kind of it is I have to make sure that I find a way to let them know so they don't have to get in the car and waste a trip. But I mean, it's, it's my first year. So it's, you know, there's a lot of forgiveness in, in this space because people appreciate, oh, it's so cool that you're growing all this on a 15th of an acre in the city. Like I have a good story to sell. So like, number one, I have a good story. Oh, I quit corporate America. I was laid off from corporate America and now I can you know, now I decided to farm, you know, I bought my house in a, in a, in a, um, as you called it, I have a ghetto house in the, (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've been to your house. Yeah. I have a ghetto house in in a, it's really not, I mean, it's, it's a lower income area, but it's not a, I mean, if I went, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I'm honestly just probably two miles away from it where I wouldn't want to live, but I'm close enough to where You know, people are starting to move into my neighborhood now because they're priced out of a nicer neighborhood right over the highway. So, right over the railroad tracks, literally. So, um, a highway and railroad tracks. But I have a good story, and people hear, oh, you grow there. So, people like the fact that I'm not like some big farm. Like, people like the fact, even though, like, the big farms that I compete against aren't really like the big, big farms that sell, like, you know, the Monsanto stuff. But, you know, it's, it's they trust me more. I think that because I, you know, it, I, I, I'm pretty honest with people. And I think that I, uh, you know, but I, I, I know that what, what is going to help me is selling my story. You know, selling that, you know, I can do it small. And then I, uh, if people are really interested, I show them photos and videos. And I think so. But what I'm really doing is kind of gauging, you know, in my opinion, I'm gauging like, okay, when I am sending emails or, or doing different things for my audience. Like if I could have a link to show YouTube and me harvesting for the week. So I have different ideas on how to build this, but again, like I'm not in a position to to really um collect. And and there's things that I can do to change it. But um man, you know, I was going down this rabbit hole and then the dog started barking and my cat got on me. And I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to think where I got lost at. But, you know, ultimately, you want to have a good story. And I think, you know, you want to sell yourself with a story. And I, and I think that's something in it. And it goes a long way, especially in sales copy, which is something that, you know, I hear you and David talk a lot about. Or even when you and Kevin were talking about it is, you know, stories, stories sell. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, something that even studying, um, you know, Scott Adams, like, you know, facts really don't matter people people don't care i mean they they want to know certain things they want to know enough like they want to know that your you know that your food is organic or that, in their opinion what they would call organic or they want to know that you're local they want to know these things but ultimately they have to like you and if they don't like you they're not going to do business with you and if you're not making a person feel comfortable they're not going to be comfortable expressing their their um you know, expressing their, their statement of buying from you in a sense. So, yeah. um, can, can I jump in real quick? Yes, please do. Cause I feel like I got lost in the weeds there.
1: <laughs> so the story matters, but it has to be a story that they want to hear. It has yeah. to be a story that they're telling themselves. The story is your story. The reason why it's so appealing is because it's like, uh, I, I worked for corporate America I decided to break off and and do my own thing. Now I grow my own food. I'm living in the city, but I'm, you know, it's, it's capital city gardens, but I, uh, I still grow a down to earth, natural, um, soil grown food. That's a story that they want to hear. It's a story that, 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 uh, that resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And so it's got it. It can't just be a story. It can't just be like, I'm drew. I'm so cool. I started my own farm and yeah. It's got to be a story that 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 makes sense to them. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it it's it's again, it goes back to knowing who the people that you're selling to are, knowing what their values are, and then finding the overlap in your story that expresses those values to them so it can't just be a story it has to be a story that resonates with them and if you don't know who they are you're you're gonna have no idea what kind of a story is going to resonate with them so you're gonna not you're not gonna have any idea of of uh of whether or not you can even sell to those people a lot of times people get when we're kids we're always asked well what do you want to do when you grow up or even college kids they go to school and they're like oh i'm going to i want to go to school and major in gender studies and it's like okay well that's great but who gives a crap like when you get out into the real world is anybody going to value that and that's that's the biggest problem that i think as a society as a whole a lot of people the reason that they fail i mean there's lots of reasons why people fail but one of the biggest reasons that people fail is they're so self absorbed they're like well, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to, I want to be a gender arts major, or I, or a gender studies major. I want to be a liberal arts major. I want to do this. I want to do this for a living. And it's like, well, that's great, but do other people want to pay you for that? Yeah. And that's the real question you should be asking. So, I, like you said. People that get into farming it's because a lot of them are like well i want to grow this particular rare type of vegetable well okay that's all fine and dandy but you need to be worried about what other people want what other people need from you if you're if your focus is i want to do this i want to get paid to do this you're not going to be successful but if you put your concern in the needs of other people and that's really what uh, being a threat being able to thrive in a capitalist market is not about being selfish. It's about saying, what do other people want that I can enjoy providing and then finding that overlap. But if, if you're all, if all you're worried about is I want this, I want to be able to go to college and study this. I want to enter the marketplace and be able to do this. And if you're not worried about, do other people actually want to pay for that? Um, capitalism rewards people that are selfless and a lot of people that are going out there and trying to build their own thing, they're completely selfish. It's, it's me, me, me. I want to be able to do this. I want to get paid to do this. I want this laptop lifestyle. And it, it appeals, I, I mean, I, even in the marketing world, I see so many people that that's how they sell their courses. You'll be able to live off of the, uh, off of the beach on your laptop and be on vacation all the time and have all these hot women and fast cars. And it's like, okay, well, that's great, but what am I going to have to provide other people in order to get that? And people don't want to ask that question. People want to say, well, I want to be able to grow this particular fruit or this particular vegetable or this particular green. And it's like, just like you said, well, that's great once you're at maybe the third tier of your business, but at the first tier, your very first concern needs to be what do people want from me, not what do I want to do?
0: Yeah, I agree, and that that was something. I, that's where I was I was coming at too. Is you know, you you can do those things. Like you can grow that rare crop, and you can educate educate your customers about it, and probably get them to buy it. Teach them how to eat it. But you have to have something that they already are buying before you can do that. That's that's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> and then I forgot. And thankfully, you covered that. I, I um, I 100 agree, but um. Well, I tell you what, Nathan, I, I wanted to talk to you for like two hours and then uh, life hit me and I was like, oh yeah, I have a business to run and I know you have a business to run. Um, would like to get, get you on to d- discuss these topics more, but if people want to pick your brain, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to learn about marketing and sales copy, you are a podcaster, you are an educator, you are a friendly person um, what's a good way for them to to do that?
1: So if you just want to passively consume some information on how to build a better business, whatever it is, whatever kind of business you're trying to build, uh, I do have a podcast. You can find that over at Nathan dot I'm going to trust that you'll put that in the links for this episode. Absolutely. Um, also, I do a kind of like a blog type thing where I write about stuff at, Marketing, particularly. Um, you can find that over at freemarketsquad.com. And those are my two main uh, hubs of information on the
0: internet. So, do you want people to join the Free Market Squad on Facebook?
1: Mm, I have I, I've actually made it very exclusive to get in the Free Market Squad, and I've been kicking people out left and right. So, maybe not, but definitely check out the website, freemarketsquad.com.
0: And, uh, I also want to plug the other podcasts that you do, um, the copywriters podcast you do with mm. Garfinkel, um, really good podcast. There's a lot of stuff that it, especially I think in Liberty that, that he talked about the, uh, the end of America, big idea. And I remember I signed up for the Stansbury journal because of that. And he talked about why that is and what big ideas are and, and I think it's, it's not that you're going to come up with the big idea for your own small business, but I think if you start thinking in that way, it's going to help you. And so I, I definitely say, listen to that podcast. You're not going to become an expert overnight by listening to it, but it's going to, heart, it's, going to, it's going to help you start to get in that direction. So Yeah,
1: that's the copywriterspodcast.com.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Nathan, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this show.